You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 175. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello there. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, and that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro and Wealth Advisor. It is great to be with you today. And if you're a first-time listener, thank you for listening. And if you're a long-time listener, go to that purple iTunes podcast app and give Best in Wealth a review. Now, today's episode is Everything Screams Inflation. Now, before we get to the topic of the day, I am on episode 175, and I don't think that I've ever told any of my millions of listeners, okay, not millions of listeners, to my thousands of listeners that I'm a movie star. Yep, I am a movie star. Okay, (laughs) not really, but I was on a show once in 2008 on the DIY Network, finishing my basement. The episode was called The Big Basement, and the show was called 10 Grand in Your Hand. So if you go on Google and Google up 10 Grand in Your Hand, The Big Basement, you'll see a little three-minute excerpt of the 22-minute show that I was on. I'm going to put that link in the podcast show notes too. So go to bestandwealth.com, episode number 75, scroll down past the notes to the links and you'll find it. And you will find that in 2008, the DIY network was not even in high definition yet. And I'm not a movie star, by the way, because I thought that I did a good job. You know, it was my whole family, but Johnny was the star of the show. And I spent most of the time with Johnny because if you know this show, my dad was a home builder, so I know just enough to be dangerous when it comes to home building. So I did a lot of the things myself, and I thought that I did a good job. In fact, my wife says that with the hours and hours of footage, you know, the show ended up being whatever, 25 minutes because there's commercials, but they were there for hours and hours and hours. And she said, Scott, every dumb thing you said made it on to the final clip to the actual episode. And I still thought it was good. So I thought for sure they were going to ask me over for a part two that I'd be invited back onto the show. But that's when my stardom ended because I never was called for that second show. And you're probably wondering, why in the heck am I talking about finishing my basement in 2008? Well, 13 years later, I'm in a different house now and finishing my basement again. Now, it's been a long time since I've done any type of construction, so I'm leaving this one to the pros, but I'm bringing this up because holy moly, 
these prices on construction materials have gone sky high. Now, they've tapered off for sure, but this basement has been going on for months. So when those lumber prices were going up, man, that's right when it was time to buy lumber for the basement and the doors and the trim. And let's talk about lead times on appliances, etc. I have been feeling the full brunt of inflation and it hasn't made me happy. And I'm sure you've felt it too in other different sectors with different kinds of meat going up in price, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on. But the question is, what do we do about all of this inflation information that we have? So let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Everything screams inflation. You know, it wasn't always this way, or was it? Let's look. Two years ago, the New York Times reported the Federal Reserve officials are increasingly worried that inflation is too low and could leave the central bank with less room to maneuver in an economic downturn. So two years ago, we were freaking out that inflation was too low. And remember, let's think about inflation for a second. Inflation has averaged 3% since 1926. I'm looking at my book right now. It's actually 2.9%. And when I look back the most recent years, nothing has come close to 3% except for, well, 2008 was 4.1%. 2006, 3.4, you know, right around the average. In 1991, it was 6%. That's the most that it's been since going forward now to today. And the worst inflation time periods were happening in the early 70s and into the 80s, with the worst being 1979 inflation, 13.3% that year. I'm sure some of you listening, remember what that was like. Imagine trying to get an interest rate for your home at that point in time. Holy moly. So now let's look more recently. A Wall Street Journal article presented a sharply different view than two years ago with the headline, That touched a raw nerve among investors. And the title was Everything Screams Inflation. Now, the author of this article, and we'll post it in the show notes for you, James McIntosh, wrote for the Wall Street Journal and it came out on May 5th of 2021. One quote in the article is We could be at a generational turning point for finance politics, economics, international relations, and labor are all shifting, supporting, you guessed it, inflation. So the first question we need to ask ourselves, since in two years we're seeing drastically different headlines, is, is inflation headed higher? And the answer to that question, well, in the short term, it already has. I gave you an example in construction, and I'm sure you know many examples too. With firms now reporting strong demand for goods and services following the swift collapse in business activity last year, prices are rising, sometimes substantially. But the next question you need to ask yourself, 
is this a negative? Is inflation headed higher a negative? Well, it depends on where you sit in the economic food chain. I mean, think about it for a second. Airlines are once again enjoying fully booked flights. And many restaurants are struggling to hire cooks and waiters. I mean, don't you feel that when you go out to eat? I'm constantly reminded, even right as I walk into the front door, that there are staff shortages. We should not be surprised that airfares and steak dinners cost more than they did a year ago, or that stock prices for companies like JetBlue Airways and Cheesecake Factory surged over 150% from their lows in the spring of 2020. Hey, there were a couple of value companies that just took a surge. And another question you need to ask yourself is, do such price increases signal a coming wave of broad and persistent inflation or just a temporary snapback following the unusually sharp economic downturn in 2020? This, my friends, is the great debate. Is this just a short-term, temporary, inflationary period? Or is this a sign of years and years to come? And the answer to the question, ding, 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 is we simply don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Anybody writing an article doesn't have a crystal ball. Economists don't have a crystal ball either. We simply don't know. But future inflation is one of many factors that investors take into account. I mean, it's scary. Articles about inflation rising and what's that going to do to my retirement is scary. But remember, the market, the stock market's job is to take information such as exciting new products, substantial sales gains, dividend increases, and balance it against negative information like falling profits, wars, natural disasters, inflation. And they do this to arrive at a price every day that both buyers and sellers deem fair. All of us, all investors are taking the positive and the negative and weighing it all And when you have all these market forces working against each other, you end up with a pretty fair price. The price of that stock or that mutual fund or the overall market might not exactly be right, but it can be considered fair. So let's assume for a second that rising inflation is going to persist into the future, that it's going to go on for a long time. Some investors might want to hedge against higher inflation while others might see it as a market timing signal and make changes to their investment portfolios. But remember, remember this, my friend, for the market timers to do it successfully, they would need a trading rule that directs exactly when and how to revise your current investments or the current investments. The, hey, I'll know it when I see it, is not a strategy at all. A trading rule based on inflation estimates, however, is just a market timing strategy dressed in different clothes. A successful effort requires two correct predictions, when to revise the portfolio and when to change it back. It is the exact same 
as timing the market for any other reason, like a new president coming into office or a looming war or anything else. Market timers on average get it wrong. And it's been proven over and over and over again over time. But we can't get it through our thick skulls. And inflation is just market timing again. When to get in, when to get out, when to make shifts. It's just dressed in different clothes. Because it's not enough to be negative on the outlook for stocks and bonds in the face of information regarding inflation or anything. That's not enough. Current prices already reflect such concerns. Remember, I said investors every single day take all the positive and all the negative. And all of these market forces are bringing stock prices, mutual funds, ETFs, the market in general to a fair price. So current prices, they already reflect the concerns like inflation concerns. To justify switching a portfolio, you would need to be even more negative than the average investor. And then, oh, the hard part, the really hard part, and then outsmart the crowd once again when the time appears to be right to switch back and then rinse and repeat. You know what that all adds up to? A whole bunch of stress to get less out of the market than you would by just being disciplined and having a very disciplined strategy, an investment policy statement, an advisor on your side to guide you in times like this. Let's illustrate the problem. Imagine it's New Year's Day, 1979. The overall U.S. market produced a positive return in 1978. Huh, pretty cool. It ended up 6.6%. Doesn't seem like much, but the years previously were awful. The problem is the return in 1978, although positive 6.6%, is it failed to keep pace with inflation for the second year in a row. Inflation in 1978 was 9%. Your crystal ball, because you must have one, if you are making these market timing decisions, informs you that the next two years will see back-to-back double-digit inflation for the first time since World War I. And guess what? You would be right. Inflation in 1979 was 13.3%, the worst on record. 1980, 12.5%. I believe that's the second worst on record since 1926. Your crystal ball worked. And because you had that crystal ball and you saw this inflation, you maybe got out of stocks. You did get out of stocks. I mean, what would you do? You have painful memories of 1974 when the inflation-adjusted total return for U.S. stocks was negative 35.05% among the five worst returns in data going back to 1926. So I suspect if you had that crystal ball, you're out. You're selling. Good for you. You had the crystal ball. Because, of course, the anticipation of significantly lower stock prices over the subsequent two years, that's a no-brainer, right? We just saw what happened earlier. The only problem with your crystal ball is you didn't know what those stock returns were going to be in the face of that inflation. I told you already, there were many companies depending on what side of the table you're sitting at, 
that do great during inflation. And during that same two-year period, or when inflation accumulated over 25% over the course of those two years, the S&P 500 over those course of two years was up 56%. So sure, horrible inflation, a little over 25%. But over that same period, you had your hedge against inflation because you were invested in stocks. Or did you? Because you had the crystal ball. You took your money out. Where did it go? You missed out on 56% of returns. And in the S&P, that's over five years worth of average returns. You got burnt. You got burnt because you were hedging against inflation by taking your money out of the market and lost out on 56%. And why do I bring all this up? Because so much of the recent news regarding inflation is coming out and it's linked to things like government spending and U.S. debt and determining the appropriate such of each. How much debt do we have? How much spending? I mean, that is contentious. Everybody has a different opinion. So I don't want to minimize that problem because it scares me too. But the news suggests, when I look back all the way to 1970, suggests that these concerns, they're not new. And the expected consequences of these issues are likely already reflected in stock prices, your mutual funds in your 401k, in the market in general. I mean, I'm going to read to you just a couple of them. 1973, the economy's inflationary temperature has climbed to its highest point in two decades. The situation has helped create near chaos in stock and dollar exchange markets. 1983, interest rates will rise as an inevitable consequence of the monetary explosion we've experienced over the past year. 1992, here's the headline in 1992. In 1995, the USA, as we know it today, will cease to exist. We'll get a taste of both hyperinflation and panic. 1996, Thus, in the 1990s, we have worldwide low production capacity, worldwide growth and demand, worldwide low inventories, and a worldwide surge in liquidity. To anyone trained in global economic patterns, this mixture can have only one outcome. And what do you think that is? Inflation. 2003. Curiously, however, one reads almost nothing about what Maybe the biggest bubble of them all, the huge ballooning of total debt in the U.S. I could go on with articles, my friend. I could go on and on. There are concerns always. The future is always uncertain. But remember, as economist Frank Knight observed a hundred years ago, Willingness to bear uncertainty is the key reason investors have the opportunity for profit, period. End of story. The reason the S&P 500 has averaged 10% per year since its existence going back 90 some years is because we are in the face of uncertainty always. And we have to put up with bad news and we have to put up 25% of the time with negative returns. And we have to put up over 42% of the time that returns are going to be less than its average. 
investors, me and you, my friend, we will always have something to worry about. And the possibility of unwelcome or unexpected events should be addressed in your initial portfolio design rather than by a hasty response, an emotional response to stressful headlines in the future. It's only going to get worse. As you get older, it gets more stressful. And if you don't have a great investment plan, you have a chance of risking your future on your emotions. But guess what? Guess what? Staying invested can help you and me outpace inflation over the long run. So many people ask me, Scott, inflation is here. What should I do with my portfolio now? And I'm telling you, it's true. Gold is a hedge against inflation. Silver can be a hedge against inflation. But you know what? So is stocks. So are owning thousands and thousands of companies in a risk-adjusted way because everybody's different and doing it with an investment policy statement and having a good, healthy, long-term plan, you already have your hedge in place. That stock and bond portfolio will hedge against that inflation. Now, this is without a guarantee because as a fiduciary, I can't guarantee anything. But what I can do is I can look in the past and I can see, oh man, we've been in heavy inflationary periods in the past. And guess what? If we stayed invested, if we stayed the course, we would be just fine. And I'm not telling you that any of this is easy because being disciplined at anything is hard. Being disciplined on an exercise strategy, being disciplined with an eating strategy and being disciplined with a stock strategy, with an investment strategy. It's not easy. Staying invested is not doing nothing. It's hard work. But guess what? Over the long term, in every time during the long term, so far it has been proven to work. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to set our families up for the greatest chance for success. So let's not blow it. This is it. We got one shot at this life. Let's not blow it. We are the family stewards. It's our responsibility to stay disciplined, even during all of this bad news. All right, my friends, that's all the time I have, but I will see you soon. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.